Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Today, Pastor Ed Young continues the enlightening series, Cover to Cover, diving into the profound insights the Bible offers. In this talk titled, God Will Provide, he explores the concept of the truth test, emphasizing how God's trials can fortify our faith. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message called God Will Provide. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. I still have nightmares. I don't know if you do, but I have these uh, wicked dreams about pop quizzes. Teacher would walk in, take out a piece of paper and a pen. Oh no, a pop quiz. And you discover very, very rapidly if you know the material or not. Am I ready? Have I assimilated it or not? We love tests. It seems like tests are everywhere these days. And you've got the quintessential ACT and SAT. You've got the LSAT, the MCAT, the what's that? All sorts of, all sorts of tests. You know, when you test something, you definitely test the strength of it. If you can test it, and you know the strength of it, you can trust it. We test important things like fishing line. Whether it's monofilament or whether it's braid, it has a breaking strength. You know, we have pickup trucks. This is Texas, right? Half ton, quarter ton, one ton. Someone has tested that on that particular vehicle, on the frame of that car. We test. I would say marriage is a test. Guys, pretty much every day, wouldn't you? It's a test. Do you pass the test or not? Hey, singles, students, dating is definitely a test. Marriage is great, though, let me say. I've been married for almost 40 years. I know you were shocked because you thought I was like 38. (laughs) Marriage is wonderful, but it is a test. We're going to find out today that God even tests you and me. He tests us. God never tempts us. God tests us to make us strong. The enemy tempts us to make us do wrong. Today, I want to tell you a couple of quick stories, just several stories about testing and trusting. Just just some simple stories. Now, this first story is going to rattle some of you a little bit, 
When I first heard this first story years ago, I was like, what? And these stories are about a father and a child. Story one, story one. I want to tell you a story about a guy named Abraham. Abraham was a guy that had a miraculous thing happen to him. God established a covenant with him, and God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and through you, I am going to, to build a nation, and ultimately, the Savior of the world will come from generation after generation of, of, of what you're about and who your family is. Pretty, pretty amazing thing. And so Abraham not only was a, a great guy, he also had some struggles. And I love the fact that the Bible does not airbrush over its figures. That's something that I can deal with. I mean, you know, I can identify with these people aren't perfect. And the Bible uh, just, just talks about their imperfections. Can everybody? Yeah, yeah okay. Because we're all sinners. <laughs> I am too. You are as well. So Abraham was a guy of faith. Abraham really understood faith. God tests us, and he so often tests our faith. Now, when I tell you this story about Abraham, I want you to put these elements in your frontal lobe, okay? Because I'm going to come back, and they'll make sense in a second. But I'm going to put a big warning label on this first story. It'll freak some of you out. It can be hazardous to your spiritual health. Well, here's what happened in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Abraham's just living the life, you know, and... It says in verse one, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God said, and he replied, here I am. Now check out what God told him to do. This is totally contradictory, totally random. Take your son, your only son. Let me stop. God's talking about Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old. His wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. They had a baby. That's a miraculous birth. Guys, can you imagine? A hundred years old, and like, there's my bouncing baby boy. Wow. For those uh, linguistic scholars, the name Isaac means laughter. I understand that, don't you? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it. Isaac was born to Sarah. And you could say that Isaac was Abraham's only begotten son. Wait a minute, does that sound like John 3.16? Just, just, just hold on. Now, to show you how wild Abraham was, he had another wife, and, and she was his servant that his wife gave to him. They had another baby back in the day, Ishmael. When I said Hagar, that was her name, you probably think about Sammy Hagar. Wow, wow. No, not the great Sammy Hagar. I'm talking about Hagar, one of Abraham's wives. But again, it was a crazy situation back in the Old Testament. God never blessed polygamy. We know that marriage is one man, one woman, but that's what was happening in this situation. So. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Now, Isaac is the vehicle for this whole genealogy, generational thing. And then God says, go to the land of Moriah. It's kind of random. Go and sacrifice as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. You, 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 mean, you, mean God, you mean God is asking? God is commanding? God is telling the goat, Abraham, to take the life of his son, the promised one? Wait a minute now, that doesn't make sense. I mean, God said thou shalt murder in the Ten, ten Commandments, and now he's telling Abraham to murder his son? That doesn't make sense, that's, that's really weird. And, and, and you're gonna find out that God is not being contradictory, he's not being capricious or cruel. He is pointing us to something in the future. And God's never gonna ask any of us to sacrifice our kids. This is a one and done thing. This is a biblical anomaly. But Abraham, Abraham trusted God. He had faith in God. In a nanosecond, look at, look at verse three of Genesis chapter 22, boom, he, he was obeying God. He just knew that God was gonna take care of the whole situation. So, verse three, the next morning Abraham got up early. Now, guys, you know why he got up early. How in the heck could he explain this to his wife, Sarah? He wanted to get out of there, man. Saddled up the donkey, got the altar ready, got his big hunting knife ready, chopped the wood, put it on the donkey, took a couple of his lieutenants with him, his employees, and off they went to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah, a three-day journey, 50 miles to Mount Moriah. Okay. On the third day of their journey, it's a long time, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, verse four. And he told his guys, hey, you stay here with the donkey. Isaac and I are gonna go up to Mount Moriah for the sacrifice. But, but let, me, let me read specifically what went down. Stay here with the donkey, verse five. This is important. Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. I mean, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're worshiping and then you're killing? Uh, we'll worship there and then we will come right back. So, so you see the faith of Abraham. Oh yeah, we will worship, doesn't make sense again, and we're gonna go to Mount Moriah, I'm gonna sacrifice my son and we will come back. So God gave him some sort of a foreshadowing, some sort of a, I don't know, a, a providence that, that everything was gonna play out, but he obeyed God and he said, you know, we're gonna worship and then we will return. So they made their way up Mount Moriah. Here's Isaac, man, the guy was ripped. He was probably 18 years old. Orange Theory, CrossFitter, you know, had all this wood. And there's old Abraham, you know, with a big old knife and the stuff to, to, to make the altar. They're walking side by side. And don't you know it was ripping Abraham's heart out because he knew what, what he was supposed to do? Well, Isaac put two and two together. He connected the dots. He goes, Dad, where's the sacrifice? 
I mean, he's seen this deal and drill over and over. I mean, where's the animal? Well, Abraham's, Abraham's response was classic. Look at verse 8. Here's his answer. God will provide. Wow. That's a great answer, Abraham. I'm sure Isaac was like, Dad, that's all you've got? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. God will provide. God will provide. If your marriage is like hanging from a thread and you trust in God's ways as far as marriage, I'm telling you something, God will provide. If you're dealing with addiction and substance and you're like, where do I turn? God will provide. If you're wondering, what do I do with my life? You know, why am I here? God will provide. God will provide. In this story, and we're going to see what happens in this sacrifice, God didn't want Isaac. No. He wanted Abraham. And And the point that we can learn is, we have to take what we love in this world and put it on the altar. What is it for you? Popularity. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's that feeling. Maybe it's your intellect. God's going to test you. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. So, They got to Mount Moriah on the top, and after building the altar and getting it ready and putting putting Isaac on it, he he took his knife out of the sheath, Abraham did, and raised it over his head, and right as he was getting ready for the downstroke, an angel who was speaking on God's behalf said, stop, stop. And then the Bible says, Abraham looked, 
and in a thorn bush, there was a sheep, a lamb caught. He took his son, are you ready for this image here? Off of the altar, took the sacrifice, the lamb, put it on the altar, sacrificed the lamb in his son's place. Then they walked down the mountain happily together. Do you know what Abraham named this mountain? God will provide. It's pronounced Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Isn't that a cool story? I think so. That's story one. Now, story two is really quick. It's a story about a father and a child. I'm talking about our Heavenly Father and Jesus because Jesus was born. He had a miraculous birth like, like Isaac, but even more miraculous. But he, he was born in a manger and lived this perfect life. When he was 30 years old, he was getting ready to be baptized in the Jordan River. And I've had the opportunity to baptize people on trips we've taken to Israel right there in the Jordan River. And right before he was baptized, John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, oh, whoa, hey, hey, there's the Lamb of God. See the foreshadowing that takes away the sins of the world. In John chapter 1, verse 29, that's what was said. Jesus taught the masses. Jesus healed the sick, made the blind see. Then... He was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. He was nailed to a cross. Then he was buried for three days and then burst forth with resurrection power. Now I'm sure when Jesus was arrested, the last thing his followers thought was, God will provide. I doubt they thought that. I doubt seriously when he was hanging on the cross suspended between heaven and earth that, you know, his disciples were saying, whoa, yeah, God will provide. I mean, they thought it was done. When they put him in a tomb, and on the third day when the people came to visit the tomb expecting his body to be there, and an angel was there, and the angel said, in essence, God will provide. That's the gospel. God will provide. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Anyway, I was talking to a guy about the Christian life because sometimes people ask me, you know, oh man, what about the Bible, you know? How can you trust the Bible? Or what do you think about the world situation, Ed, you know? And he was asking me about Jesus and things of God, so we started getting into a pretty in-depth conversation. So. I explained to him about what it means to become a Christian. I said, religion, I'm talking about Islam and Buddhism and Judaism, etc. Religion is spelled D-O. It's a man-made system of do's and don'ts. You've heard me say it before. I said, Christianity is D-O-N-E, done. The work has been done. Because when Jesus breathed his last breath, right before it, he goes, it is finished. The work has been done. Then he rose again because death couldn't hold him down because he was the righteous, sinless Savior. 
And I explained that to him, and then I thought, you know what, this guy deals with a lot of contracts and stuff, so I drew up this, this little contract on a napkin. And I said, you, you, you can sign right here. I mean, it's just pretty much putting your faith in Christ. I mean, that's it, you're, you're, you're saved by grace through faith. And I was pointing, and he signed. And I said, once you sign, this cosmic transaction takes place. Your sin for the savior of the world, your guilt for the son of God. Arrows pointing, but it takes faith, right? Abraham had faith. Sometimes people say this to me, Ed, I, I just don't have enough faith to become a Christian. I go, yes, you do. You might not be directing it in the right place, you have faith. We have faith in elevators, faith in airplanes, faith in chairs. But faith is a dualistic thing. It's an intellectual assent, okay? You believe something to be true, but then it's trust. You trust it, you rely on it, it's like a chair. I can look at a chair and go, intellectually, I believe it's a chair. I believe it'll hold up my 207 pound body of ripped steel, I believe it'll do it. <laughs> but. I don't really have total faith, right, until I rest my body on the chair. The same is true in Jesus. You can believe, oh yeah, I believe, I accept that intellectually, yeah, the Bible's a good book and it's the Word of God. But you have to receive it and trust it. But go back to the opening story once again. Do you see the parallels? They both, Isaac and Jesus, had the unique birth. Isaac and Abraham took the three-day journey, Jesus the three-day journey. Isaac carried the wood up Mount Moriah. Jesus carried the wooden cross, you won't believe this, up the same mountain. Christ was crucified on Mount Moriah. Somebody slap somebody appropriately. That's incredible. I had to say appropriately. I have to be politically correct. Also, too, think about the thorns. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. The lamb was caught in the thorns. The lamb was a sacrifice. Jesus was a sacrifice. So everything is pointing to the person of Christ. God will provide. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for providing. And God, you're so good and you're so wonderful. And we just ask your provision over our lives in different areas. Relationships, struggles, questions, doubts. And hey, if you're here and you're listening or watching and you want to, to direct your faith to Jesus, you can do it by simply praying this prayer. That's right, it's that simple, yet it's that profound. Just say these words after me. Just say, God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and rise again. And right now, where I'm sitting, I turn from my sins and turn to you, Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I know what's been done. I just receive what's been done. 
thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope this message has empowered you to stand firm in your faith and to shepherd your family with wisdom and courage. Your role is pivotal in nurturing a God-honoring environment, and it's our prayer that you would feel supported and equipped in this journey. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Join us next time as Pastor Ed continues to encourage and equip you in the purpose and plans God has for your life. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more great content and ways for you to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.